Welcome to What Is Your Money Really For podcast. My name is Cody Braun, and I have with me today Tyler, and I am excited about our show today. Our goal is to continue to give you valuable educational content that can improve your financial life. And today we're going to be talking about deferred compensation and RSUs. Tyler, before we dive in here and talk about these things, let's let the audience know who does this truly apply to? That's a great question, Cody. So, you know, deferred compensation and RSUs, which is an acronym for restricted stock units, um, really apply to people that work for a publicly traded company for the RSUs in particular, uh, are in that upper management level or higher income earners. Uh, so the restricted stock units are a form of, of compensation that would be paid through that employer. Uh, and then deferred comp is is a little more open, right? So same thing. Typically, people trying to save money on taxes, looking for other options of retirement planning, and, and ultimately looking to utilize their benefit package to the fullest. So a lot of times it's high income earners that have some disposable or excess income that are looking to save. Got it. So this is not available to everybody, RSUs and deferred comp. But if your company or your corporation that you work for does offer one of these, I would encourage you to listen to this as you're going to get some really good takeaways here today as we dive into this further. So Tyler, let's take one of these at a time. And I think we should start with deferred compensation. So if you could just help give us a high level overview and paint a picture of what is deferred compensation. And then next is why would I want to utilize deferred compensation? Sure, that's a loaded question, Cody. So let's start with what is deferred compensation? So just think of the name of it, deferred compensation. What it is, is it's a way for individuals to defer some of their income. So by doing that, what you're doing is, let's say you made $200,000 a year of income and you chose to defer 25% of it, right? So ultimately what you're doing is you're deferring $50,000 in that example of your income pre-tax, meaning you're not taxed on that amount, right? Into an investment account that can continue to, to grow tax deferred for you. So it's a way to reduce your tax bill by deferring some of that income. And then it allows you the ability to choose your distribution options later on. So there's some planning. I'll go further into detail with that, but Basically, it's a vehicle that allows you to save more money for retirement and not pay taxes on it now and choose how to take a distribution later. So deferred compensation simply means you're saving some of your compensation pre-tax for retirement later on down the road. Oh, this is good. So you're using the word retirement, right, and investing it in a retirement account. So does that mean that if we defer our compensation to a retirement account, is that the A, the only account we can defer it to, and B, how accessible is that if I wanna utilize it in a year from now, two years from now, how long do I gotta wait? Great question. I think this is where the where individuals get really confused, right? Because this, this, this is a term, especially someone who's in upper management, executive type level, they might have a benefits package and once a year during their you know, open enrollment period, they're asked the question of, you know, do I want to sign up for this deferred comp? And most people, even advisors, don't know how to use it properly, don't know what it means 
exactly, but there is a ton of planning that you can do to use this for your benefit. So for example, let's say that you know your company is doing extremely well and you're gonna show higher income the next four years and then you wanna retire, right? So let's say you're 55 years old or let's use 50. You're 50 years old and you wanna retire at 55. Well, think about the qualifying event, right? In a normal IRA or 401k, you're not supposed to touch that money until you're 59 and a half, right? That's one of the, the classifications. If you touch it before 59 and a half, they call that an early withdrawal. And there's ways around that. We can go at a different, um, different podcast, but ultimately you're not supposed to touch that retirement money until you're 59 and a half. Well, if you have a deferred compensation plan, you get to pick when you want to turn that income on. So you can actually build an entire plan around turning on these different income streams each year. So let me give you an example. I have a client that I work with, right? And this could, I want you to put yourself in this person's shoes. They've been utilizing deferred compensation the last 10 years. Well, when we're building a structure, they're a high income earner. They make about $250,000 a year. And what they've done is they've deferred 10% of their salary each year for the last 10 years. Well, when they did that, they started the sequence of distribution starting at age 55. So what they did is they said, I'm going to take distribution starting at age 55 over a 10-year period. So the reason that they did that is now they're going to receive a quarterly check for 10 years, but it allows them to continue to not touch their 401k, not touch their IRA, defer social security longer, and you can do the math to determine how much you need to put into that bucket. And it works in conjunction with all of your other investments. So when, when done properly, deferred comp is simply a tool that you can design to make everything else work more efficiently for your plan. And that was a really complex answer, so I hope you followed me, Cody. <laughs> no, that was really helpful. I appreciate you sharing the, the example in there of somebody that you work with. So if I understood that correctly, when it's time to sign up for your deferred compensation is when you're going to elect the length in which you're going to, to um, utilize that within? Yeah, so, so some plans will say, hey, when you're signing up, how much do you want to defer, right, or put into this investment vehicle? And then ultimately, how do you want to take it out? And you can change that. But depending on your company, there can be a what's called a hold period. So if you changed it, let's say a year later, you're not supposed to access or touch that money in most companies for five years, right? Because what they don't want is you choose lump sum for the distribution, for example, and then a year before you get there, you go and change all the deferment options. There's IRS codes and everything that go with that. So there's typically a five-year period if you make a change to an election before you can access that money or touch that money again. Interesting. Okay, that's that's really helpful to know. So um, if you have if someone has deferred comps, right? This sounds pretty complex, and like there's a lot of strategy that goes into how to utilize this to their ultimate benefit versus just checking something on a piece of paper thinking, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, what would, I guess, is, is in your experience, right, what are some of the pitfalls 
that you see happen with deferred compensation from the people that you've worked with? They don't use it properly, right? And that is a big pitfall where they, they're not planning properly for it. So you talked about, you know, it's complex. It's not complex. It can be very simple, right? So you make $200,000 a year, and this is common for clients to come to us. They're in a high earning or high income earning tax bracket, and they're, they're paying a lot of money out of pocket for taxes, right? So they do their normal withholding. They get to the end of the year and they're saying, I'm tired of writing the, the IRS a check for $5,000, you know, on top of everything I've already withheld. Well, deferred compensation is a way to reduce your tax, you know, your tax liability, right? So if you made $200,000 and you chose to, you know, defer 25% of your salary, that's $50,000. So now you're only taxed on the 150,000. You just reduced your tax burden because you're only showing earned income of the 150 versus the 200 because you deferred the other 50 into this retirement type vehicle. Right. So number one, that's a huge benefit. Right. A pitfall, if you, you know, that was your question, right? What pitfalls are out there would be you're not really accessing that 50,000 until you reach that time in which you chose. Right. So, you know, if you're used to a certain amount of income that would be coming in and you're deferring some of that income now, right, your, your net take home is going to be a little bit smaller than it was before. Right. So that would be one of the pitfalls we would see. Ultimately, while that money is growing for you, I've seen individuals just choose random dates in the future. That's not the way you utilize deferred comp. So for example, if you're planning on retiring at 60 and you just randomly choose a year, right? So let's say you signed up for it in 2015 and you really didn't know what you were doing and you check the year, I want to get a distribution five years from now, and you're only 55 and you're not going to retire till 60, well, guess what's going to happen at 55? Everything that you deferred for that year is going to pay you. And I've seen it where clients are making high income. They just check the year in the future, not thinking about it. And all of a sudden they get a big lump sum check that year and it adds to their income, which is a larger tax burden. So there's a lot of planning that needs to go into it, but it honestly, when you use it properly, it is a great tool in order to save money for retirement and open up a whole nother opportunity for your IRAs, 401ks, planning, et cetera. And that's really exciting. I mean, I get excited about it. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like it's a great tool, right? That's why it's offered as a, as a perk or a benefit for some of those C levels, those higher income earners, as you, as you stated. So one last question I have on the deferred compensation is, I guess, when would you suggest that somebody sit down to really evaluate or look at it? So I know there's probably a period when they can enroll in this, or can they do it randomly? But I guess, how would you share? What would you suggest that they would go through to really take advantage of this, this benefit that they have? Well, it definitely if you're offered, right? And a lot of people don't even know they're offered deferred comp. It doesn't even have to be a publicly traded company. It's just if your company offers deferred comp to certain individuals, I would just contact your HR department and find out if that's one of the benefits you qualify for. If it is one of the benefits you qualify for, you need to just basically take a look at everything you're doing and seeing if it makes sense. So 
anybody that's offered it should definitely look into it. Even if you're just deferring a set amount of your income, could be 5%, could be 10%. It's something additional that's growing for you. And it, it, and it gives you the ability to reduce tax burden up front. I mean, think about it. If you're a high income earner, you're probably in the top tax bracket, right? You're paying between 35 and 40% on taxes. If you can defer some income and not have to pay 35 or 40%, and when you retire, you might only be in a 20% tax bracket, you literally just save 20% on the contribution just in taxes, not including any of the gains or growth you've had during that time period. So anybody that can take advantage of it should definitely look into it. And then it's, a, it's just a case-by-case -case analysis on how much it makes sense and when to take distributions from it. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for sharing on the deferred compensation. Let's switch gears here and let's talk about RSUs, right? Restricted stock units. Help us understand, right? Give me a high level overview of who qualifies for these specifically again, right? And what they are. So re restricted stock units are a little bit more complex than the deferred compensation. So if you were spinning circles before Cody, right? Hang on to your seat. So no, restricted stock typically uh, for higher compensated individuals that work for a public company, right? So in our area, right, Abbott and AbV would be an institution that offers restricted stock units. And basically all that is, is shares of the company stock that are granted in the form of compensation uh, or incentive to those highly compensated individuals. Okay. So restricted stock units, I guess, if, do people have the opportunity to do both deferred comp and RSUs, or is it yeah. one or the other? And no. which should they choose and why? So restricted stock units are, are basically in addition to, it's like, a, it's like an incentive or a bonus for highly compensated individuals. So it's not something that you need to add money into, it's a benefit that you're granted from the company. So for example, let's say you're making that $200,000 in the example I shared, and you're above a certain level at your company, one of the incentives that they will give you, just like companies, certain companies offer pensions, RSUs are just another incentive level. So they may grant you, let's say a thousand shares of their stock. So when they do that, they're, they're granting you the shares and those will go through a vesting period. So let's say for AbbVie, for example, if you're granted a thousand shares, it will vest one third per year over a three year period, right? You vest a third, a third, a third. And then when they vest, those become yours. So the beautiful thing about restricted stock units, it's actual stock. So the biggest question I get from people is what's the difference between re restricted stock units and like stock options? which used to be really common. Everybody you know, at Fortune 500 companies would get stock options. Well, stock options are great as long as the stock goes up because you would get a grant price, right? What you received it at. But if the stock option, because an option means the option to purchase or acquire. So if the grant price was $40 a share and all of a sudden you reach what's called the, the exercise date, meaning the date in which you have to exercise that option, right? Or buy that stock or receive that stock. So you were granted at $40 a share, 
and all of a sudden the stock's worth 30, it's worthless. If it's worth $10 less than you got it, you have the ability to exercise it at 40. If it's worth 30, it's worth no money. And we would see this happen quite often where these you know, executives would receive these stock options thinking they're sitting on a few hundred thousand and all of a sudden it's market timing and the market's down and they're worthless. A restricted stock unit is actual stock. So in that example, even if they received the stock, meaning you received the stock at $40 a share and it's, it's trading at 30 at your vesting schedule, you receive the stock, you own all those shares at $30 a share and you can wait until it goes up before you exercise. So there's some tax strategy that goes behind it. There is a huge opportunity. Restricted stock units are a beautiful financial monster in the background. It is a way for you to just build your wealth and not even think about it. Because after year three, you vest a third, 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 a third. You're vesting a full 1,000 shares in the example I shared with you every year after year three. You want to grow well quick, get with a company that offers restricted stock units. Wow, that sounds really exciting. So how does that fit into the overall picture with like 401ks and all of that stuff, right? Because are, are you seeing, are people doing, hey, I'm putting in my 401k and are, as I get my RSUs and reinvesting that, or am I just putting my 401k and having fun money with my RSUs? So, so I'll, I'll give you some, just some live examples. Let's say you work for AbbVie, okay? And AbbVie employees right now are offered a pension, right? That they're just building in the background, some benefit they have through the company. And then they have the ability to add to their 401k, right? So their employee stock plan. So basically what they're choosing with the 401k is they're saying, I'm getting paid some money and I want to defer some of it. Right? You can ask yourself the question, do I want to do a traditional 401k, Roth 401k? That's a different conversation. But a 401k is something most people have heard. It's a qualified plan that allows you to save money for retirement. Okay, So we want to take advantage of the 401k first because you get a match. Right, You're getting a match on your money from the company as long as you're contributing in that example. Okay, Once we check that box, and we understand the 401k and what we're doing, restricted stock units are just coming to you as an incentive. You don't have to add more money or it's not going to be more money out of your paycheck to get restricted stock units. It's a bonus or incentive from the corporation. So that's where that highly compensated individual or more executive type level will have restricted stock units. And it's meant to be more of a, more of an incentive for that individual to stay with the company and they pay you the company shares. So you're incentivized to continue to grow the company because ultimately you're growing those shares. So that's the benefit behind it. The RSUs are just going to happen. There are some pitfalls with RSUs, meaning when they vest, they run through your W-2, meaning now you're going to owe some taxes on those because they vested because you were granted those shares. Don't let that scare you right? There's strategies and so forth that you can put forth to help reduce that. But ultimately, don't let that scare you. Restricted stock units will just build. Deferred compensation then is something that you could do in addition to the 401k and in addition to the RSUs. And if you utilize deferred comp properly, it can help offset that tax burden from the RSUs 
um, on a yearly basis. So there's a way to work them all together. But yeah, 401k, you want to get that company match, right? RSUs are just happening in the background. And then deferred compensation would be something you'd look into to build into that overall plan. Wow, that's really good. So these are two great, uh, I guess, really uh, perks or benefits that companies offer that you want to make sure that you're taking advantage of if, if those are available to you. And it sounds like there's some really uh, important strategy and planning that needs to be thought about to really utilize them to their fullest. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. It's like anything else, right? You need to, to plan for the money that you're putting away and saving it and how you're going to take it out and when you're going to take it out uh, is, is very important, right? So yes, there's some definite planning that, that you should look into anytime you're about to explore that. And you talk to any professional out there and you just want to make sure they're very well versed in what you're going to be talking about. I love it. Well, Tyler, that is all that we have time for here today, but I really appreciate you educating us more on deferred compensation and restricted stock units. Appreciate you sharing your wisdom and knowledge with everyone here that's listening today. And I just encourage anybody who's listening here today that might know somebody that has RSUs or deferred compensation available to them to go ahead and share this. It's always really good to listen to this to get the conversation started. Tyler gave some really good points of where do I start? Maybe you don't even know you have this available to you. Reach out to your HR department and see if it is available to you, if this is something that you, you want to look at taking advantage of. So Tyler, thank you again for joining us here on What Is Your Money Really For? And we look forward to having all of you join us again. That's great. Thank you, Cody. The Trinell Financial Group is an independent firm not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp., independent contractor of Money Concepts International, Inc., all securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp., member of FINRA, SIPC. Investments are not FDIC, NCUA insured, no bank or credit union guarantee, may lose value. Money Concepts Advisory Service is a registered investment advisor with the SEC.